What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Time Flies Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Darielle. Uh, first and foremost, if you're tuning into this episode, I want to say thank you very much. And second of all, I want to say sorry for not putting out any brand new episodes. <laughs> um, the my guests they've just been busy, man. You know, life happens. People's schedules get uh, get busy, get filled up, and. Um, I wanted to bring you a couple episodes, but like I just said, uh, my friends and the guests that I want to have, uh, a lot of people are busy with doing stuff, and so am I. So you know, we gotta work. We gotta work around it, and that's just life. But the Time Flies podcast is not stopping. We are not ever stopping, and hopefully, I'll be able to get a, to get a brand new episode out within the next coming weeks. But in the meantime, while I have you guys here, I wanted to talk about a specific topic. And yes, you guys can figure it out by the title of this episode. I wanted to talk about uh, Victor Wenbanyama. Um, This guy is a fucking alien. Um, Basically, so this is a French NBA basketball player who's 18 years old. He just came to the States uh, last week, this past week. And he played two games against a team in the NBA uh, G League, going up against another prospect in the NBA draft for next year, uh, Scoot Henderson, I believe his name. But we're gonna we're gonna solely focus on Victor Wenbanyama. Um, so this guy is 7'3", 18 years old, from France, and he plays like he's a fucking shooting guard. Um, his body movement is incredibly fluid. And it's really something to it's really something to watch. It's something that I've never seen, and a lot of people have never ever seen before. We've seen body types like him before, but we've never seen his body type and move and have the skills that he has. Um, the closest thing I can compare him to would be a Kristaps Porzingis, but even with that, he blows Kristaps out of the water as far as skills. This guy has handles. This guy has a post up. This guy has a shot. This guy is aggressive. Kristaps, he's not. He could put the ball on the floor, but he doesn't do it as much. Kristaps does have a shot, but the, he. He's not as physical, mind you. This kid is only 18 years old, and he has a he has a whole lot of room to grow. But that'll be my comparison, and it's not just because of the height thing. Chris As Porzingis' skills are they're reminiscent of Victor Wembanyama, but uh, I'm gonna call him Big Vic just for the podcast because his name is way too long. But yeah, Big Vic's skills is. As far as skills wise, it's he blows Kristaps out of the water. Um, so I wanted to come on to this episode because these last two games within the past week, after the two games, this guy's this guy's name is just all over the internet, all over just everywhere. The blogs, every podcast that I'm tuning into, the sports podcast, they're talking about this guy, how much they're blown away by him. And yeah, I mean, I'm blown away by him too, but there are some podcasts where I don't know if they're getting way too ahead of themselves. They're calling him the best prospect of all time. They're calling him the best center prospect of all time. And they're just putting way too much ahead of this guy. And again, I understand when you watch him play, when you watch him move, we've never seen anything like this before. 
But to say that he's the best prospect, to say that he's the best center prospect of all time, I don't know, man. As far as centers, you got Will Chamberlain, you got Bill Russell, you got Kareem, you got uh, a young Patrick Ewing. Um, prior to the NBA when he was in Georgetown in college, his athleticism in Georgetown specifically was off the charts, through the roof, insane. And then as the NBA years worn on, his body started, started to break down and he lost his athleticism. But, of course, we have Hakeem Olajuwon and somebody that I think gets lost within the whole prospect, center, best center talks, Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson was actually around Big Vic's height. He's around 7'2", 7'3", 7'4". The only difference is Ralph Ralph Sampson was in a generation where if you're super, super duper tall – you're a center. No questions asked. You're going to be a center. You're going to be playing with your back against the basket. You're not even allowed to think about putting the ball on the floor. And it's unfortunate because Ralph Sampson, his athletic, his athleticism and his body type, if 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 he was born way further along down the road, he would have been a player that would have Victor Wembanyama's skills and would actually be pushed to showcase those skills. And on top of that, Ralph Sampson, he basically had, he was injury prone. He ble- I believe he stayed all four years or three years at Virginia. And I mean, back in the day, that was pretty much the society norm. If you're a great high school basketball player, you're going to go to college for three, four years, and then you're going to go into the NBA. There was no, there was no, inkling to jump to the nba after one year of college none of that even existed no none of, that wasn't even a thought so by ralph sampson staying in college for three to four years you know more more uh, wear and tear on his body by the time he went to the nba he was a full-grown adult and unfortunately i think he'd be i think he had like two three solid nba seasons that was one of those seasons he went to the finals against the celtics i believe that was maybe like early 80s um or early to mid 80s but then after that his body broke down and he pretty much had to retire but those are those are as far as center prospects those are just few that come off the top of my mind um and to put him uh, ahead of kareem when he hasn't even played a solidified nba game like i just think it's nuts i mean he is in france he's playing in the professional league the best professional league in france at 18 years old so kudos to him and yeah, the European game has gotten a lot better since the 90s, since the 92 uh, Olympic Dream Team went to Barcelona, Spain, and just showcased what the NBA talent is all about. The European game has has increased at an insane amount where we're getting these NBA players who are the leaders in the NBA. You know, you got guys like Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Well, Manu Ginobili is uh, Central Latin America. But European, um, I mean, Luka Doncic is one of the leaders in the NBA right now, currently. Jokic. So just by me naming those naming those players right now, you get a gist of what where the NBA is. But going back to Big Vic, man. Another thing that I kind of I'm very hesitant about is his body type. His body type. He just had a. He just gave an interview during one of the summer league games. I believe it was against the Lakers and the Timberwolves, which was last night. Um, he gave a short interview and they asked him what his legit height is, because everybody's height is different. Some people say seven five, seven four, seven two, but he said he said he's seven three, and with shoes on, he's like seven four, seven five. 
but he's 7-3. So with a 7-3 body frame with a wingspan of I don't know how long, it's insane, players of his body type break down a lot more easier than others, obviously. Now, the players that I'm going to mention, Kristaps Porzingis, look at him. His few couple seasons with the Knicks, everybody, everybody they're calling him the unicorn. And as soon as he started getting the momentum, what happened? His body broke down. He tore his ACL. And then you can say that he's never been the same since. And he's, he's kind of been a little bit of a journeyman. You know, the Knicks traded him to Dallas, which I think was a good trade because his body was going to break down. There was no way that his body was going to hold up for his entire career. He went to Dallas. He couldn't get along with Luka. Then he got traded to uh, D.C. And now he's going to have a full season with Bradley Beal. We'll see how that goes. Another player that comes to mind is Yao Ming. Now, Yao Ming Ming has a different type of skill set. And he has a lot more weight on his body than Big Vic does. But as far as the height, Big Vic, I believe, I looked it up. He's like... 208 he's super super light compared to Yao but once you get to the NBA the wear and tear on the body the banging the bruising I don't see his body type lasting a long time you look at Yao Yao didn't last a long time Chris Stapp's already got a, a severely uh he has a pretty big injury with the tearing of the ACL and he's injury prone um you could go down the list you got George Mirasan you got Sean Bradley I mean Sean Bradley was actually able to stick around the league but he just wasn't a force as much as people would thought thought he was going to be. Um, yeah, people with that body type, seven three, uh, I just don't see them lasting, man. That's why, I I mean, I get it on one hand, his skill set it, it makes you want to draft him because the way he plays, the way he moves, nobody's ever seen him. Nobody's nobody's ever seen anybody like that before. But honestly. In my eyes, he's gonna—he's not gonna last very long in the league, and it's nothing against him. It's just his body type doesn't last long. Now, I will play devil's advocate against my myself. I will say that the way he plays, he's a center, but the last few games that I've seen him play. He plays like he's a guard. He plays like he's a shooting guard. He's pulling up from 28 feet. He's putting the ball on the floor. He's doing turnaround fadeaways. He's doing the mini Hakeem dream shake fadeaways. He plays like he's a guard. So having said that, that might help him as far as prolonging his career because the wear and tear on his body and the banging and the bruising won't be as much as, let's say, as a Yao Ming who had to go against these other centers who had to go against Shaq. And Yao said Shaq is the strongest person he's ever played against. So if you look at it from that perspective, that's definitely going to help him in the long run. Um, but again, the NBA is an 80, is a 81. Yeah, I thought it was 70 for some reason, but no, it's an 81 season uh, basketball, uh, basketball season. And you're playing against grown men. And by the time he comes to the NBA, he's going to be 19, 19, 20 years old. And, that's his body is still developing and he's still gonna have to learn how to play the nba game the speed of the nba game is different from the european the rules obviously so there's there's a lot going against this guy um having said that would i draft him number one i actually wouldn't i wouldn't and 
and whoever listens to this if you want to get at me in the comments if you want to shoot me in dm go ahead i'm willing to argue with you i love talking basketball but i wouldn't man and it's simple it's solely because of the fact that his body is not gonna last when again time and time again anybody that's around his height that plays like a guard or just his height period tell me someone who's had a lasting career and was projected to be this all generational talent who actually panned out chris tasperzingis has not panned out and he, he's already had a huge injury and he's already not the same player yao ming yao ming he he i guess you could say he panned out but it was such it was for such a short limited amount of time that it's really really sad to see because the things we could have seen from yao I don't know, man. I don't think we would have ever seen ever again. Um, George Mirasan, other players, Manu Bull. Like, Manu Bull was even skinnier than Big Vic, which is scary to think about. But and obviously, Manu Bull didn't have the body the body type of um, Big Vic. Manu Bull was more skinnier. No, Obviously, didn't have the same skill set. But Manu Bull, didn't, he wasn't in the league for a long time. It was He was like... He was like a sensation for what a couple of years, a couple of seasons. So, uh, I told you about other podcasts calling him the best prospect ever, the best center prospect. I mean, I'm hearing people putting him up, um, ahead of LeBron as far as as far as just best prospects ever. I'm not talking about a particular position, just a prospect. People putting him ahead of LeBron, and I think that's crazy because LeBron in 2003, coming straight from high school to the league, like. When LeBron came into the league, he was already able to handle his own. An 18-year-old slash 19, I remember the first game I saw against him against Sacramento on ESPN, and he, I think the first play, was he caught a steal and he just dunked it. His body type, he was 18, but he had a body of like a 27, 26, 27-year-old. So he and he was a guard. Um, so he was able, and look at him now, it's literally, literally 20 seasons later, 20 years later, and he's still in the league. And he's, in my opinion, he's a top three player in the league, so which is insane. So he was able to last. And I think he's the best prospect ever. Um, I would not put Big, Big Vic ahead of him. It's just way too soon, way too fast. But, you know, that's the society that we live in now. Everything's, uh, everything's micro, microwavable. Everybody wants to... If, if everybody wants to say that they found this everybody wants to be ahead of everything they want to be able to say that oh i told you that he was going to be this he was going to be that i told you that it was going to pop off especially with social media everybody wants to seem like they're important and uh, they want to get ahead of it so i just wanted to give you guys this episode give you my thoughts about big vic um, again, Victor Wenbanyama, if you're a basketball fan, um, you obviously know who he is if you've been living under the rock. Again, 18 years old from France. He's 7'3 with shoes. He's like 7'4, 7'5, and he moves like a guard. He makes Rudy Gobert look like a, not a midget, but he makes him look a lot more smaller. Him and Rudy Gobert are actually, uh, they're pretty good friends. Um, he's already better than Rudy Gobert, in my opinion. <laughs> Rudy Gobert doesn't even know how to. He doesn't even have a hook shot, which is incredibly sad. And Big Vic, he has, he could cross over Rudy Gobert, which Rudy Gobert, I don't even know if he can dribble. But I just wanted to give you my thoughts on this guy. Um, tell you what I've been hearing, and I think that's kind of crazy putting him ahead of 
Um, again, the center prospects of Will Kareem, uh, College, Patrick Ewan, Hakeem, Ralph Sampson, and as far as putting him ahead as LeBron James, as far as just a best prospect ever, I just think people need to slow the roll a little bit and just, you know, just, you know, appreciate what you're watching and... And we might not ever see this again, but actually, the more and more I think about it, I think this is where the NBA talent and just like the basketball talent is actually headed towards. We're heading towards players being guards who are seven feet, legit Kevin Durant size players who are a shooting guard. And I don't know, within the next 10 years, five years, five to 10 years, we're going to see an NBA team that the whole starting five is probably 6'10 and above. Talking about centers, talking about point guards, shooting guards. I mean, if you look at it, you know, the evolution, it, it it's happening, man. Especially when you're seeing the kids these days in high school, like the the body types that they have. And on top of that, they have trainers. They're already training like an NBA pro by the time they're freshmen in high school. So they they know how to you know um, feed their bodies. They probably already have nutritionists and all the all that helps with your body as far as growing, as far as being stronger. So I honestly that I honestly think that's where the NBA is headed. Um, but yeah, man, um, I wanted to give you guys this episode. In the meantime, um, Vic, Big Vic, Victor Wenbanyama, he's been having a great week. His name has been all over the internet, all over the blogs, all over the talking head shows. And um, it is definitely something special. It's something very special. And the first, the first few times I saw him, I was in awe of his height, his skill set, his movement, the fluidity and the way he moves. It was definitely something special. Now... Moving on from that, wanted to transition into the other big news of the week. Uh, I want to talk about the leaked footage of Draymond Green giving a nice boop bop to <laughs> Jordan Poole. Yeesh! My man looking like Mike Tyson, prime Mike Tyson, you heard? Yo, Draymond, shout out. Shout out to you, boy. Now I know not to fuck with you. Um, nah, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about the leak leak footage from Draymond punching Jordan Poole in practice. I mean, at first they were saying it was an altercation and me reading that, I didn't really think anything much of it. But then when the leak footage happened and I actually saw the, the, the punch and like how much intensity it had and it was, it was definitely eye raising, eyebrow raising. And, um, it's definitely something pretty important because that's a pretty big incident that Warriors have to deal with right now, and it could it could mess up their season. But, I mean, I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter and a lot of people comparing it to 2019 when Draymond and KD had the little spat, which, of course, led to KD leaving at the end of, the, at the end of that season. This, this is totally different, 100% different. I get it. People want to compare it because it was an altercation between teammates on a basketball team. And it's kind of the same thing here, but it really isn't. First of all, that Draymond incident with KD, it was during a game and there was no physical assault. This altercation between Draymond and Jordan Poole, it was during practice behind closed doors and physical assault took place somebody put their hands on somebody else so two totally different different things don't know why people are comparing it um draymond after the leak footage happened he had a press conference and one of the things that stood out to me he said that hurt people hurt people 
so he is going through something personally um we don't know what it is no we don't know if it's a divorce something with his kids or something maybe nothing to do with his family maybe just himself we don't have all the details but by him saying hurt people hurt people that tells a lot man um and that's so true um i mean i've been in that personally i've been in that situation myself when i'm not feeling great about myself and i'm i try to put someone else down not physically but maybe by saying something um uh, by making fun of them i'm not saying it's the right thing to do but that quote is is a thousand percent true hurt people hurt people and again i'm not condoning what draymond did i'm not saying there's absolutely no reason for anybody to put their hands on somebody else but when you're in that state of mind when you're in that um when you're in when you're in it when you're hurting all you want to do is hurt other people whether if it's spiritually emotionally psychologically hopefully not physically but I do understand where uh, Draymond is coming from. Um, yeah, there's like a lot of things that go into this altercation. I mean, Draymond has been looking for a max contract. Um, they didn't they didn't extend him. Um, and the rumor is the Warriors are very hesitant to do so. And I believe Jordan Poole just got his extension this past summer. So I don't know. Maybe there's just some bitterness towards Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole got his money and Draymond is still waiting on the Warriors to give him to give him an answer. That's one thing. And something else that kind of popped out to me that I thought about. Um, Draymond, obviously, by now, if you're an NBA fan, Draymond has been in the league for a while. And you know for a fact that Draymond speaks what's on his mind. He doesn't hold back his tongue. He's going to say whatever he wants to say. And if you're looking at the incidences where the Warriors were not in turmoil, but when they were dealing with some sort of noise, I guess if the, that's the best way to put it. Let's look, let's look at Draymond's uh, list, his list of infractions, if you will. The first one that comes to mind is 2015 in the finals when he punched uh, LeBron in the nuts. That cost them a game. Um, I believe it was game five. They were, they were going to win the series. But by not having Draymond that game, they had to insert somebody else into the starting lineup, which messed up the whole continuity of the team. And the Cavaliers ended up winning that game. And then next thing you know, they're going seven games. LeBron and Kyrie, they come down, they come back from 3-1. History's made. After that incident, we got the famous KD and Draymond incident, where Draymond instigated it. Um, Draymond, it was against the Clippers. I believe it was um, it was the last possession of a game to win the game, and the the play was drawn up for KD. But Draymond decided to take it in his own hands. I forgot if the play broke down or Draymond just completely deviated from the from the play, and then KD and Draymond got into it, and then Draymond brought the whole fact that KD was going to leave at the end of the summer. He called him a bitch. So that's another incident that Draymond was a part of. And now we're talking about the incident that just that just took place last week with him uh, punching Jordan Poole. Draymond is in the middle of all those three incidents. And you can say that he is, no, yeah, he's in the middle of it, but he's also the cause of it. He is the cause of all those three incidents. Draymond is the reason why the Warriors couldn't win that championship in 2015. Draymond is, the re- Draymond is part of the reason but a big reason as to why KD left at the end of that season. And as far as what's going to happen with the Warriors um, going on, going further with this season, we don't know how the Warriors are going to handle it. 
Um, the team is made up of a lot of veterans. Obviously, Steph Clay, Andre Iguodala is on the team. Um, and the Warriors are, if, if there's any one organization that can definitely handle this during the season, it's the Warriors. They have shown us time and time again that they are an organiza- organization of class. They know how to handle things. They know, they just know how to take care of things on the court and off the court. So we'll see what happens with this season and how the Warriors handle it. Um, but the, also something else that popped out to me, um, why isn't anybody anybody bringing up the fact that what Jordan Poole might have said to make Draymond clock him was crazy? Maybe Jordan Poole said something incredibly disrespectful about him, about his family, or just something in general, and it deserved Draymond to give him a nice little boobop. Nobody's really talking about that. And on top of that, the leaked footage didn't have any audio. It was literally just video. So you just see you just see the you see Draymond pressing him and then Jordan Poole pushes him and then that's when Draymond just gives him a nice Mike Tyson one two clock out punch. Watching the footage, some another something else that popped out to me. When Draymond hits him and Jordan Poole goes down, nobody really reacts. Nobody really goes towards the aid of Dray- of Jordan Poole and like is trying to help Draymond. I believe the coaches, it was like a bunch of assistant coaches that ran over to like kind of stop Draymond from continuing the <laughs> the Mike Tyson onslaught. But if you watch the video again, look at Draymond hit Jordan Poole and then look at the players around him. Uh, I believe it was uh, K- Kuminga. Kuminga was right there in front. Kuminga, I think, is wiping his he's wiping his the sweat off his face. Nobody's really reacting. Everybody is. Just, I don't know if it's because they're in shock and they have no idea what's going on, or they might not like Jordan Poole. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but that was something that was definitely eye popping to me. So it it is interesting because I I can't say that this is going to be something that's going to be lingering throughout the season um Draymond has come out like I said earlier he had a press conference apologizing to the Warriors to the fans to Jordan Poole but I mean obviously that's all well and well and good but you put your hands on your own teammate you know that's kind of that's kind of a big thing now there's going to be a lot of like awkward tension between them and this is not the same as far as like if you've ever been on any sports team you do know that there are intense moments between your own teammates and there was, there's going to be some arguing there's going to be some yelling there's going to be some i don't not pushing but there's going to be some intense moments and if you're a really good team that's fine that's actually normal actually if you remember the Miami he had an incident like that right before the playoffs last season where Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra got into it everybody thought it was it was a big thing everybody thought that the Miami he were all messed up and they had no direction no leadership but in actuality they were fine it's just dude that whole team was especially Jimmy Butler is ex- extremely competitive and sometimes that competitive competitiveness it comes out even against your own teammates but it's actually a healthy sign of a team it's not a negative sign of a team but again this is not that this is this is this is that but on Arnold Schwarzenegger steroids like he put his hands on someone and it doesn't look like it was just in a spirit of competition it felt if you watch the video it felt like it was a little bit more and on top of that there's been like I don't want to say rumors but like 
I don't know. I'm watching talking head shows and people say the way say things about how they view Jordan Poole ever since the extension, how he's been feeling himself, how he's been carrying himself differently. He's kind of saying things out of out of line and he's not really he's not really walking the line. He's just doing whatever he wants, which is like, dude, what are you doing? You had one good season. Okay, congratulations, but you need to ch- check yourself. So, I guess Jordan Poole was just doing that in the wrong moment and Draymond was not having it and he just clocked him he just decked him like Mike Tyson prime Mike Tyson in the 90s baby but yeah I don't know man this could linger it could it could two ways it's gonna linger and mess up the entire season or it's gonna just by the time end of November comes it's gonna be like nothing ever happened so I don't know we're going to find out. The season's coming up very, very fast. I believe we're 10, 9 days away from recording this episode. So, yeah, I just wanted to get my ideas and thoughts out on Big Vic and also this Draymond situation. We'll see how it plays out. But I want to say thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, I am trying to get more episodes out. But the guests and my friends that I want to have on, you know, their schedules are busy. Life happens. I'm also busy. So our schedules just haven't been on the same page. But I am still trying to put more episodes out. So hopefully you tune in. Um, In the meantime, you can follow Time Flies on the Instagram and on Twitter. Um, Instagram, you guys should know by now. Timeflies.1221. On Twitter, Timeflies1221. Um, I'm going to put all the information in the bio in the description down below so you guys could easily access it. Um, If you're listening listening to this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, remember to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. That'll be a really big help. Don't forget about the YouTube channel, Time Flies. I got a whole bunch of content up there talking about Kid Cudi, talking about different movies, talking about different albums. And like I said, more content coming. So make sure you subscribe to that channel. Hit the thumbs up. And um, yeah, man, just uh, make sure you you have an eye out for more content coming from Time Flies. And the very last thing I want to point out before I sign off, during this hiatus, I did drop something very, very special and near and dear to my heart. I dropped a Shia LaBeouf shirt. I've been having this idea for the Shia LaBeouf shirt forever. And I finally had the time to actually put the idea and actually make it into reality. It's it's out on the website. I'll put that in the description down below as well. Make sure you hit that link. If you like the shirt, support the boy. I'd really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, man, more shirts are coming too. I got more ideas for different actors, some pretty cool stuff. But, um, but yeah, man, I'm going to sign off. And thank you again for tuning into this episode. And I'll check you guys out soon. Peace. Time.